Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father God and our Lord God, we thank you. We thank you, God, for this opportunity, God. Father, we thank you for another preaching, teaching moment. God, we recognize and realize that there is nothing that we can do that could add to, that could take away from your word. Your word is exactly that. And your, you even say in your word to not let one jot or one tittle to pass away from your word. The grass wither and the flower fade, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. God, I pray even now, God, that you would be our preacher, that you would be our teacher. God, that no uh, uh, opinion, God, that no uh, subjection from myself would enter into this moment. God, that this would be purely what it is that you have given for your people on today. Father, I pray that they will have hearts that will be penetrated by your word on today. God, that they will have minds that will be challenged by your word on today. God, I pray that bowed down heads will be lifted up by your word on today. And Father, I pray that your word would do exactly what it is that you set it out to do before the foundation of the world. Before I sat down to study, before I sat down to read, you already knew what you wanted your word to accomplish on today. So God, I acquiesce, I move, I sit down, I step aside. I totally leave the room, God, so that you have room to do what it is that you need to do. Touch us by your word on today is my prayer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. On last week... We came from the same passage, and I think I mentioned on last week, I said this passage is meaty, and I was, I was, I was trying to encapsulate it into, into what it is that I wanted to share with you, but it was so meaty that God sent me back to it, and so here we are once again back to this passage of Scripture. On last week, we talked about how to walk without stumbling, how to walk without stumbling, and so God sent me back to some degree in that same vein and on today for the next few moments I want to ask you a simple question why are you tripping why are you tripping now you know in the urban vernacular that could be thought of in several different ways if we think of the uh, normal sense and put it with stumbling tripping would be uh, uh, to uh, have a misstep and when you walk uh, uh, to, to, to a loss in your gait to some degree. Uh, but in the, in the urban vernacular, why are you tripping? Could simply mean, why are you showing out? Why are you making something bigger than what it normally is? Why are you making this so hard? Why are you making this so difficult? Why are you tripping? You know, I listen, hey, I can see some of y'all uh, raise your hand if you have asked somebody, why are they tripping? Why are you why are you why are you showing out? Why are you tripping? You know, for those of y'all who didn't raise your hand, that just simply means you didn't understand the question. Because I know all y'all done said, no, they tripping. They showing out. You know, but <laughs> regardless of whether you 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 uh admit to it or not, the question uh, today that God is posing is why are you tripping you all so often we we look at this Christian walk as being one that it there's no way I'll be able to live the Christian life and God just gonna have to deal with me the way I am hey is this who I am love me or leave me 
And it puts us in a position, you all, where it has us choosing between uh, what we believe to be right and what God wrote to be right. Yeah, it has us choosing between what we believe to be right in the circumstances that we're dealing with, in the time that we're dealing with, with the people that we're dealing with, 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 with the place that we are in life, that we're dealing with it. We sit, <clears throat> excuse me, we sit and we say, this got to be the right way to do it because I can't see any other way to do this. Versus looking at what God is saying. This is the right way to do it. I don't care what's going on. I don't care about the climate. I don't care about, about how much money you have in your pocket. I don't care about who just showed out on you. I don't care about who came slick out of their mouth. I don't care about any of that. This is the way to live your life. And we look at the two parallels. What we believe is right and what God has written to be right. And we say there's, there's no way. There, there's no way they're ever going to meet up. So I'm going to have to live this because this I know. And I'm just going to have to keep asking God for forgiveness for not doing it this way. Whereas God is saying, and he's written in his word, and, and, and Peter uh, uh, helps us with this on this morning, and so does Jude, that it does not have to be as difficult as we make it out to be. On last week again, we talked about uh, um, how to walk without stumbling. And, and the points on last week is, first of all, <clears throat> As we just heard again in this passage of scripture uh, in Second Peter, the first chapter, uh, the, the third verse says, uh, you know, that we have his power. We have his power to help us live godly. Remember, he has given us his divine power in order to be able to live godly. Secondly, we have his promise. That's what verse four told us that we have his promise in order to. To live godly. He has given us his precious. His great and precious promises. So we have his promise. To help us live godly. And then the third thing we talked about last week is. We have the principles. To live godly. Because he said starting in verse 5. He said you know you make every effort. To add to your faith goodness. And after you add goodness knowledge. And to God to knowledge self control. And the self control perseverance. And, and he goes on and on. But he gave us building blocks. He gave us building blocks. And he said that if we do this. If we do this y'all. We won't. We won't mess up. If, if, if we do this. We won't mess up. We keep looking at what what else do we have to do? What else do we have to add? What else do we have to uh, uh, put with this? It can't just be what what I'm doing right now. It has to be more than just me believing. It has to be more than just me trusting. It has to be more than just me praying. It has to be more than just me reading scripture. It has to be more than me just uh, living right. It's got to be more because hell keeps finding me. So I must be missing something. I, I must be missing a mark here somewhere because I'm trying to, to do everything I can but hell keeps finding my door. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Hell keeps finding its way to me. So I must not know enough scriptures. I must not uh, uh, be praying enough. I must not be fasting enough. I must not be. But see, we keep looking at what's going on with our natural life. We keep looking about, we keep seeing about what our feelings are saying. Y'all know when we get in our feelings, we figure the stuff that we're doing must not be cutting it. 
Now let's just put a pin right there. Some of the stuff that you're doing might be falling short because you must know that you need to do better and you're not doing better. But when you're doing what God has prescribed for us to do, especially in verse five, love and, and, and putting with that goodness and putting with that knowledge and putting with that self-control and putting with that perseverance and, and, and doing what is prescribed in the scripture. You do realize that just because you're doing what God wrote to be right doesn't mean that everybody else got to do it. That's just not the way that life is, is, is set up. It's not, it's not the way we, we would expect other believers to do it, but we know as well as I listen, if we're not measuring up and, and, and trying to have self-control and trying to live in knowledge and trying to have perseverance, if we're not measuring up, you sure can't be mad at another believer. You sure can't be mad at another brother or sister in Christ with not, not measuring up. If you're not measuring up. So we have to understand you all that we're all trying to walk this road. Now there are some that are not trying to walk this road. And they are prime vessels for the enemy to come in to try and throw you off of your journey. Hear what I'm saying. So we have to understand that just as much as we are trying to live right, what God said is right. The enemy is trying to make sure that you never get there. He's trying to make sure that you stay off of that journey. He's trying to make sure that you are never feeling as if you are doing enough. So he sends his imps, he sends his, 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 his minions, he sends his, his workers. You know, the Bible talks about workers of iniquity. And how does he send them? He sends them through friends. He sends them through acquaintances. He sends them through co-workers. He sends them sometimes through family members. Those that are not careful and make themselves available to the enemy. The enemy uses them to try and throw you off your square. But I came to encourage you on today that you don't have to, like I said last week, you don't have to stumble while you walk. And on today, you don't have to keep tripping. Amen. Let me uh, uh, get to these points so that you understand exactly what I'm saying. Why do I not? This this walk seems so hard, Apostle. And I hear what you're saying, but it seems so difficult. What is it that you're saying to me? First of all, all you got to do is use what you have. Use what you have, y'all. Whatever it is that God has given you to use is going to be enough. How do we know this? Because let's look at verses 8 and 9. Verses 8 and 9 say this. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if any of you do not have them, listen, if you do not have them, you are nearsighted and blind. And you have forgotten that you have been cleansed from your past sins. Listen you all. Many of us keep falling back in the same trap. Because we keep forgetting. That God has already taken care of that trap. Yeah. He's already taken care of that trap. He already cleansed you from that sin. He's already given you his divine power. And because he's given you his divine power you all. You don't have to fall back. Into that old okie doke. That he pulled you out of. You know, you don't have to keep falling back into what you know 
Because what did that scripture just say? That scripture says that if you do the things that were said before, remember those things that he was talking about was faith and goodness and knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness, mutual affection and love. If you possess those things. That's what the scripture says. If you got them in good measure, increasing measure. In other words, if you grow in them, don't just have them and stay right there. But if you grow in them, it will keep you. They will keep you from being ineffective. They will keep you from being unproductive in what your knowledge of Jesus Christ. So the premise is this. As we grow in love, we know we learn more about Jesus. As we grow in goodness, we learn more about Jesus. And here's the deal. When we learn more about Jesus, we learn more about what we don't have to be. Y'all hear what I'm saying? When you learn about our connection to Jesus and the power that he's placed in us, we learn, you know what? I I don't don't have to show out on them like I did. I I don't have to have that road rage. I I don't have to lie. I don't have to. I could be angry, but I don't have to sin. When we use what we have, you all, it will keep us from tripping. We always trying to see what, what, uh, you know, I'm not Jesus. I, I get so upset when people say that because they say that like Jesus was a punk. We, they say that like Jesus uh, uh, just let people just walk all over him. It, Jesus himself said, no one takes my life. I what? Lay it down. He willingly and humbly laid down his life. But we always got to get somebody to, 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 no, you going to respect me. No, what you ain't finna do is, who are you? Who are you in measure of Jesus? That if Jesus took the role to say, okay, God, you know what? I, I, I'm going to speak in love as opposed to cussing them because they cussing me. Simply because that's what you asked me to do, God. And I'm going to trust you to handle this. I ain't Jesus. No, they're going to have to get it. I'm going to have to let them have it. What they ain't going to do is cuss me. Who are you? Do you think cussing is going to cause them to change what they are or who they are? Do you think cussing is going to change this situation and make it all okay? Do you think cussing is going to absolve them from their sins and your sin right there of using corrupt conversation? Because the scripture does say, let no corrupt conversation proceed out of your mouth. We always think that we have to uh, 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 resort to our previous ways to get a point across. And what Peter is writing to us today is use what you got. If you got love, use it. If you got some self-control, use it. If you got some perseverance in there, if you can strive, if you can stay in there, use it. If you got some knowledge, use it. Because the bottom line is this. The more you use it and the more you grow in it, you grow in your knowledge of Jesus. But also see what Peter said. He said, but if you don't have any of them, you are nearsighted and blind because you've forgotten what you've already been delivered from. My, my, my. And if you say, well, I I ain't been delivered from this mouth, then maybe you need to check and see if you've been delivered because deliverance is an an, an encapsulated thing. Meaning that you might not walk in your deliverance, but your deliverance is there. I hope somebody heard what I had to say. Your deliverance is already there. 
The premise is you've got to walk in what it is that God has already given you. Not only do you need to use what you have, but you all, you've got to recognize that where you are, you being a believer, you being called, it is not your choice. It's not your choice. You didn't choose to be say, I'm about to mess somebody up. Lord have mercy. You didn't choose to be saved. Nor were you chosen, nor did you choose to walk in whatever calling that God has for you. Because everybody's got a calling. It's a calling to be saved. It is. But you didn't choose it. Let's look at this. Verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about who's calling? His calling and choosing you. Uh-oh. Oh. Be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. Y'all, it's not your call. It's not you choosing. It is him choosing you. Now let now let's let's can I can I can I frame this for you? Can I frame it for you? You know you. You know all about you. You know the good, the bad, and the ugly of you. But God chose you anyway. That should have blessed somebody's soul right there. He knows everything there is to know about you. Here's the real deal. He even knows of the things that you may do wrong from this point that I'm talking forward. And he still chose you. You think about the ugliest, nastiest, dirtiest thing that you have ever done. Yeah, I'm going to let it marinate right there right quick. And he chose you anyway. Doesn't matter about your past. Doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter all the ugliness that you may have done. He chose you. Why? Because it's not about you. It's never been about you. It's always been about him. The Bible says that we were bought with a price. And that price was exactly what we commemorated earlier. The blood of Jesus. That was the price. The the shedding of blood was the price that was paid for you. And so because of this, this is not your call. It's not your choice. Why would he choose me? Well, tell me this. Why did he choose Judas? Ah! (laughs) Why did he choose a traitor to sit at the table with him, knowing that he would betray him? Why did he choose Peter? A cusser, a denier. In his point of need to sit at the table with him. Why did he choose uh, uh, Matthew, a tax collector, a shyster of his own people to sit at the table with him? Do you all realize and understand again that it's not about you? It's about him and he will use you for his greatest glory. If you realize that it's not your choice. We we try and move ourselves in and out of salvation. In and out of the will of God. At will. 
nah, I'm, you know, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to be saved tomorrow, but today, <laughs> you know, I just, I want what I want. But I'm sorry, I just got to be honest with you. You saying you want what you want doesn't mean that you can leave your religion and take your halo off. It. No, that just means you're taking Jesus right along with you. You're taking the Holy Ghost right along with you. You're going to smoke weed, taking the Holy Ghost right along with you. Going to sleep in somebody else's bed that's not yours, taking the Holy Ghost right along with you. You don't cease being saved because your flesh is fulfilling its desires. You don't cease. And, and Jesus does not. Your relationship does not. None of it ends. None of it ceases. None of it. Think about how you feel taking your mama certain places. Don't don't. I was watching uh 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 one of the uh the instances, one of the episodes of the Last Dance, uh with the the Chicago Bulls, and I think it was uh Scott Burrell, uh Michael J- Jordan was saying something to you know this man never sleeps. He parties all night. He kept saying, "Don't say that, Aunt. don't say that, Mike. Don't, my 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 mama watching, man. Don't say that. My mama might see this <laughs> because he didn't want his mama to know." Don't say that, Mike. Yeah, I go to sleep. I, man, he parties all the time. Man, don't say that, my mama. <laughs> you think about stuff you don't want your mama, your daddy, your grandmama to know. And so you do whatever you can so that they don't know that you live your life. But God knows. He never leaves. He never closes a blind eye to what it is that you're doing. We, He knows everything there is to know about you. But you are still his choice. That ought to be good news to somebody on today. That in spite of all that you've done, you are still his choice. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let me get to this last point. Not only are you all to use what you have. This stuff, I hope it's helping you to stop tripping. Stop tripping. Not only are you to use what you have. Not only do you need to understand that it's not your choice. But you all be encouraged because he does it in you we keep talking about what we can't do I, I don't have the ability I'm not strong enough I can't do it you all he does it in us remember in second Peter uh, uh verse uh, uh first chapter second Peter first chapter third verse it says that we get his divine power his divine power is giving us everything we need He already does it in us. But then here comes Jude to solidify the deal. Jude 24 says to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. (laughs) And to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. You all he's able to do it in us. We don't have to worry about. Whether we are able to do it. Because he does it in us. He does it in us. He has the power to do it. Why? Because verse 25 in Jude goes on to say. To the only God our Savior. Be glory, majesty, power, and authority. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Remember that's the divine power that we have in us. He does it through Jesus Christ, who in turn gives us his divine power. He does it in us. I can't let that go. Yeah, you can. 
I can't let them think they got over on me. Yeah, you can. I can't accept this defeat. It's not a defeat. Because as long as you keep living, there's another day. There's another day of victory. As a matter of fact, there's a scripture that also says, thanks be unto God who causes us to triumph. Always causes us to triumph. He makes us win. <laughs> he makes us win. You all, he already does it in us. Why are you tripping? Why are you stumbling? Why do you keep uh, 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 falling? Is it because you're trying to do it in your own power? And not relying on the divine power that he's put in us. That gives us everything we need. Do you even know you've got that power? He's given us everything we need. To do exactly what we need to do. And do it in the manner that we need to do it. My brothers and my sisters take courage. Take courage to know that you don't have to keep tripping. Because you can use what you have. Use your love. Use your mutual affection. Use your perseverance. And if you say, I only got this much of this, well, that use that. Because as you use it, it will grow. I, want, I, I, I did some, you know, I, 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 I've done, you know, periodically I go out and I do some exercise. I know some of y'all do it too, periodically. And, and the next day you, you, you get a little sore. But if you never go back out there because you got sore the first time, You'll never build up the little muscles that you're trying to build up. You'll never lose the weight. You'll never get the endurance up. Use what you got in order to be able to move forward. If you use what you have, if you remember that it's not your choice, he chose you. And if you remember that he is already doing it in you. My brothers and my sisters, you'll be able to persevere. You'll be able to move forward. You'll be able to accept where you are because you know that God, if God is doing it in you and if you are his choice, then he's not going to embarrass himself. And he's certainly not just going to leave you out there stranded. My brothers and my sisters, please take courage. Take courage and understand and realize that God desires for you to know that if you use what you have, And if you let him do it in you, it'll get done and you can walk without stumbling and you don't have to trip. Why? Because you are his choice. Amen. Amen. Listen, there might be somebody on today and you say, I'm not God's choice. I haven't even accepted uh, being in a relationship with him. I'm I'm not even a church goer. I don't I don't do that whole Jesus thing. But you know what? I'm willing to give it a try. If you've given everything else a try and you haven't tried Jesus, then you haven't tried everything. And it's real simple, you all. You don't have to have a, know a whole lot of scriptures. You don't have to uh, 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 be able to, you know, uh, uh, be at the church all the time. I mean, you know, we're, we're kind of virtual right now. You, you know, you can't be in the church building. You're like, ah, I'll join when I get to a church building. Well, who's to say when that's going to be? Who's to say? You know, so... You don't have to wait till you get to a church building because it's not about joining a church. It's about joining the body of Christ. And you all, it is as simple as ABC. First of all, all you have to do, all you have to do is accept that you are a sinner. Just be honest. Be honest and say, you know what? I've fallen short. 
I've fallen short uh, of what God has has called for me to do. And that's okay because, you know, that's just being honest because Romans 3 and 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That doesn't uh, cause you to be any uh, lesser or, or any different than anybody else. For all have sinned, inclusive everybody. Everybody sinned and come short of the glory of God. So you've got to accept that you're a sinner. B means that you've got to believe that Jesus paid the price for your sin by the shedding of his blood, by giving his life on a cross. And he'll do it even while, even before you accept him. He, he did it. He already did it. It's already done. That's why Romans 5 and 8 says, but God commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet in our sins, Christ died for us. And you all, we have to remember that the, the scripture that many of our, our grandparents brought us up on, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but should have uh, everlasting life. The third thing we need to do is confess. Confess and repent of your sins. And not only confess and repent of your sins, but confess that Jesus is Lord, that's why the Bible says in Romans 10 and 9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shall be saved. Romans 10 and 13 goes on to say, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You all, it is as simple as ABC. So if you desire, if you desire to have a relationship with Jesus, will you just repeat this after me? Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I have fallen short. I haven't always been good, but you've always been good. I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. Because of that, I am saved and no man can pluck me out of the father's hand. Thank you, God, for saving me in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are saved and nobody can tell you otherwise a different. And just understand this and realize this. I heard this earlier this week and I want to share with you that God's disposition and nature in us has the potential to do anything that he would want us to do. His disposition and nature in us has the potential to do anything that he would want us to do. So take courage and realize that you don't have to trip. You're his choice. Because you're his choice. You can use what you have. Because he will do it in you. Amen and amen. You all do me 